Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Celebrate Vegan Voices Podcast. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with my compadre, Monique Lukens. Aye, and together we make up the Celebrate Vegan Compadres. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been some time since I spoke with you, Chandler, and the floodgates are opening up as uh so they so they say in Hollywood and just with um with just women speaking out regarding this Harvey Weinstein uh situation now I know you only know the basics and I've been reading up on it so I'll fill in uh you and our listeners on what's been going on well first of all uh as you know Chandler and maybe some of our audience. I, I am an actor and I've been acting since she's age eight in school plays and whatnot. My mother had encouraged me to do it because I was such a shy little girl. And this was something that really got me out of my shell, so to speak, uh, because you can be different characters. You can emote and I liked it so much that you know, I wanted to make a career out of it. I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. She, on the other hand, did not want that for my life because she saw how difficult it was and how people have gone homeless and had really bad things happen to them by going into the entertainment industry. People have, haven't been paid their fair share. We had somebody in our family who had a hit song, but he wound up just sleeping on people's couches. So it was really discouraged and, and still is actually. Well, anyway, I, I really didn't know all that. I kind of went into it blindly. I was very naive, if you would, because I was just looking at it from the artistic standpoint, being creative and, um, yeah, like I really didn't think about the the monetary aspect of it. And one thing I didn't think about it that now is being blown up is the the sexuality um, aspects about it and what some people do in order to get a part. I really didn't know that and it's <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because a lot of people knew it and they're not even in the business, but I didn't know. And maybe that's because I always was celibate. You know, I was abstinent till till marriage. That was my philosophy. And then years later when I wasn't marrying, I thought, uh, well, even if I did marry, I'd rather be celibate from, you know, a lot of experiences that I've actually had. And I just, and I don't mean just harassment kind of things. I just mean from, you know, thinking about the fact that you can love somebody without having to do this act that have, has so many consequences from it, you know? I mean, I guess there's some positive consequences, but I seem to wager that most of them are not so pleasant and um so anyway i experienced a lot of what what the story is about weinstein and apparently he's been he's been 
at this behavior for the past two decades and nobody said anything. And, and that's the kind of stuff that's happened to me. If I've brought something up and thank God I never was physically, sexually assaulted. Thank God. But I was terribly harassed. And when I brought up some of the things, people would look the other way or they're just like, they changed the conversation. There was one theater where someone actually ejaculated on an audience member. And I was a volunteer at the time. And... I encouraged them to call the police because the assailant ran away and it was for a festival. And, you know, now that everybody's <laughs> saying people are using specific names now, they're not even just hiding things up because people hide things because they're afraid that they were, will get as the industry has coined blackballed for for speaking up a, a, about something, you know, that is greater than them, you know, on the food chain, if, if, so to speak. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking, should I, I really want to actually talk about the Weinstein thing, but I guess since I brought up the movie theater, it, it's been something that's truly bothered me since 2013. I was a volunteer for the Brazilian Film Festival. And it was inside a theater that I happened to be volunteering for for the past three years prior to that called the Egyptian Theater, which is on Hollywood Boulevard. And what was great about the, um, the Egyptian Theater, first of all, it's over 90 years old, so there's a lot of history. And they would show really eclectic type of films, old films, black and white, artsy films. It wasn't your mainstream type of place. Uh, they would also have Q&As with new, newer films and have the, the stars come in. And So anyway, there was a lot of benefit to being a volunteer there because then I got to see the films for free and whatnot. And, and I, I actually enjoyed volunteering as as an usher and taking the tickets. It was just something that was fun to me and it was an, it's a nonprofit. So like I said, I had um, dedicated some hours to this Brazilian film festival. And on the 18th hour, this happened, what I said. And I was told not to let this person come in again, obviously, <laughs> if I saw him. But in the meantime, I encouraged them to to tell authorities because this person is on the loose after he spilled his fluid on someone. I mean, that, that's, that's, is sexual assault. And it was a, um, if I recall correctly, uh, it was like a, a reporter or something like that, a female reporter that was there for the Brazilian film festival. And so, um, they said, well, no, only she can be the, one who who reports it to the police and <laughs> I'm I'm thinking why isn't she but anyway I I told a few people that I knew there that were volunteers about what had happened quietly because I wanted them to be aware of the situation and one person came in and he was dancing like Michael Jackson he was he was just 
off the chain as they <laughs> as they say you know he was just he was a little um crazy in a good way but the thing does seriously he came in like dancing like that his shift was at night and that just reminded me of what had happened so i quietly told him and the festival manager who i had speaking spoke i had spoken with her about notifying the authorities she came up to me and she started yelling and said paranoia paranoia and she she wanted to send me home she said uh are you trying to ruin this festival and i really was only trying what? to help she did and this this man he came up to me i'd known him for three years and I, I, I don't give the, the name, but I will say the theater because after after what they put me through, I think people should know. This man who was a night manager who had said something to me once that mm, wasn't exactly like the most comfortable thing. Not harassment, would you? But he said to me once that um, something like having a... A boyfriend or a husband in this industry would like only hinder you and like he was single and this is what he thought and I guess maybe in some ways he's I think what he was trying to say is like they might hold you back or whatnot I don't remember exactly how he put it I just remember that I wasn't very comfortable with it because I did have a boyfriend at the time um you know, I guess, I guess, like I said, there's some truth to it, but anyway, that's your own personal business if you want to be in a committed relationship. I think that if it's the right relationship, it can only excel your career. This is what I feel. And in the business, I had experienced harassment, so it was actually quite refreshing to have somebody at my back. He was most of the time he would come to things with me but anyway this this man that i knew for three years he came up to the woman who said that to me and he said there's a time and place a time and place i had not done anything wrong i hadn't been speaking loudly and a time and place for what what does that mean chandler that i'm dancing around the arena i i i I softly notified to somebody that I knew what had just happened, which I think is a safety right. And he sent me home. Okay, so let me get okay, this so straight. Me... They are accusing they... you of ruining the you. festival because you're letting them know about this guy who ejaculated on an audience member. That's correct. No way. And so she went into this big scene in front of one of the Brazilian film directors who then thought that I was probably some irrational person, you know? Like, he didn't know what happened. Nobody knew what happened because she just started exploding, you know, yelling this paranoia, you know, you ruining the film. And he, this person came, like, right there at that time. So then he distanced himself from me, and that had been a good connection. But then later on, he found out what happened. 
and you know he realized that I hadn't done anything wrong but here's but but anyway I right away I emailed the volunteer coordinator told her what happened she said she was sorry that it happened and I said I want a meeting with the Egyptian theater and I want a meeting with the Brazilian film festival that I've given all my time to to settle this because you you know what you did hurt me it hurt me professionally because of the people around that we're seeing this happen because again they didn't know what was happening you know they didn't know this the the background and pretty much she said i can't talk about this anymore and i said i don't want to be a volunteer anymore never heard from her again and i called the president of the egyptian theater who's an attorney i read i don't know if it's still still the same one but i called him with my then boyfriend and the person that came in dancing like michael jackson on the other line to state what had happened and i emailed um i believe to his law office and cc the people that were on my side that knew this and said, and I, you know, I feel that this should be addressed. Never heard from him. And I'm getting tingles on the top of my head because I'm sharing this so detailed than I ever have. I it, about a year or so ago, I did quickly mention on something had happened. Maybe it was the Casey Affleck thing. Casey Affleck was presenting an award during the Oscars when he settled in a sexual harassment lawsuit. Um, and, and maybe it was during that time. And then if one person said, I never knew that happened to you. Of course, you didn't know that it happened to me because I was fearful of speaking out because the Egyptian is over 90 years old. And there's a lot of things that happen in there that are good, you know, for people's career and whatnot. So I, I said nothing. And I'm getting, again, the tingles, the chills. That means I don't know if it means the angels are around me. This always happens to me when I talk about controversial stuff, when I when I put myself on the line, but I'm putting myself on the line because that was the most, that was an embarrassing thing that happened and I didn't do anything wrong. And if you're listening Egyptian theater, how dare you? How dare you use, use me and spit me out? That's what they did. Uh, so anyway, uh. um, I wanted to make mention of that because, um, I have had, you know, some experiences and, um, and on this show, I'm, I'm going to be talking about some of these experiences. I still are, I'm not going to use names, but, um, but I, I just want people to know that not everybody in Hollywood asks for it when they want to be, you know, going up the, the, the ladder, especially women. We don't ask for it there might be some women that are into that that are into doing sexual favors or maybe they don't care you know maybe their childhood like was different maybe they were abused or maybe they just generally like it i don't know but i would have to say that most women don't like giving sexual favors to people that you know they're not really intimate with that they don't have some sort of a commitment with because you know as you and 
myself have talked, this is a really personal thing that bears consequences. And whether or not it's like an oral kind of thing or a vaginal thing, I mean, the vaginal has more consequences. It's something that I just don't feel that most women appreciate it, you know, going going down on your knees or you know, anything or, or being pestered for a date. And this kind of stuff apparently is, has happened to so many women, whereas women weren't saying it was happening to them before. As I said, the floodgates have opened because of this Harvey Weinstein, but it's been going on for two decades for with what, with what allegedly he's been doing. Now, Again, what has he been doing? Well, he's told people that, you know, if they don't do certain things, then their career is not going to go anywhere. And in some cases, when women said no, their careers didn't go anywhere with at least the Weinstein company. I mean, but there's famous people that have are making accusations that he was actually inappropriate with them all from like more you know soft things is pestering them you know for a date or just uh many of them said that he wanted them to watch him take a shower um what they he he would ask people up to his hotel room or have an assistant make the arrangement and they thought that it was a business arrangement now some people might say well, you're asking for it if you go into a hotel room. You can't necessarily think that way because when you are a wealthy mogul and you're in the acting world, you're going to have hotels. Like That's where you stay. You know, it's like somebody inviting you over to the home. You know, just because you go somewhere and you're, you know, alone with someone doesn't give them the right to... To, to sexually abuse you. I, I, I mean, and, and that's, I, because of some of the things that have happened to me, I actually don't like going alone in places with strange men, young or old, because I never know what their character is. Elevators are the worst. And I don't want to say that I get paranoid, but I am super cautious since some of these things have happened. But anyway, yeah, like people do make business deals in hotels and nothing happens sexually. You know, uh, I mean, where else would he have done it if he was on the road or whatnot? Okay, so there's that privacy. And that's why naive women could think, oh, okay, like everything's fine. He's Harvey Weinstein. He has a huge major motion picture distribution company and whatnot and producing like it's fine like he's totally legit this isn't somebody that's off the streets saying hey baby want to make a movie i mean he has credentialed films that have won oscar awards so i would i would think that many of them wouldn't think that he's then going to do that but he did and he would ask them some of these um actors actresses to well actors is what we say now but you know actresses if you want to say the female version but actor is female or male but he would ask these actresses um if he yeah 
oral on him. I, I think I read something oral on them. I don't know. I don't want to say anything, you know, wrong. <laughs> you can look it up. But and then there's some actresses that say he really forced himself on them. Um, and and he would also say, oh, you know, something about you know he needs a massage, whether it's been a long day or whatever the details are. And I got to tell you, something like this happened to me before. And again, like me, I'm a very not as open. I'm not open like I used to be, but I used to be more open with wanting people to feel good. I'm way, I used to be way into massage, like massage therapy, not, not kinky massage kind of thing. I mean, it really does help the blood flow. So, you know, in, in the acting world, people give like shoulder massages or whatnot. I won't do that anymore unless I like really, really know you. And I don't, I don't instigate it. And God, it's been like so long because one time I auditioned for someone and it was for the role, uh, a role of a, a prostitute. And I had to get into, this is the first time I'm publicly saying this. I had to get into my um, underwear, uh, had my top on, but underwear from the bottom. And the reason I was doing this role is because the script was against prostitution. <laughs> and they needed prostitutes. And I wanted to be in this film. So he, the director, asked... Um, you know, if I would role play with him. So, you know, it was nothing, no, like, kissing or touching in inappropriate places, but he had, like, he had the bed set up, and I, he was supposed to be, like, the client, you know? So I was on top of him, not on top of his thing. I was not touching him, and, you know, I posed, positioned myself where, yeah, I just want people to know, okay? I was very, like, distantly cautious but at the same time i got into the role i don't i really it's, i don't remember what i said because this was a um, i think this was 2000 or 2001 in new york and so all of a sudden though without him telling me he pushed my head down near his private part this traumatized me because i did not expect him to do that and as a professional, you're supposed to tell people if you're going to, you know, touch them in a certain way or whatnot. Now, years have gone by, and I think to myself, did he just kind of think that I would presume that since I was the prostitute and he was in the moment? Maybe. But I'm not, I, I really don't know. It was just really... It just traumatized me. Let's just put it that way. Well, it sounds and awful. It sounds awful. It was awful. And um, I told my agent. And then he was asking other women out of my uh, agent's office to uh, um, audition. And I told someone of my experience. And she's like, I'm not going to go for that. So I don't know if he was just asking women to do this because this was some sort of a, a kink that he had or 
if you, you know, really honestly wanted to make this movie for the right reasons, I mean, he had a professional trailer. You know what a trailer is, of course, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a preview yeah, of like a, a movie. Right, two, three minutes. I saw it. It was under Screen Actors Guild, so it was legit. The only thing that wasn't legit is it was in, the audition was in his apartment. But guess what? There had not not my appointment, but prior there was a line of people waiting to audition out of his apartment. So I thought that it was okay. That's why I'm saying when people think, "Oh, what did you expect?" Don't tell me that. Because I saw people auditioning men and women and it was under the union. So anyway, so you, yeah, you really didn't know what you were getting into, getting into the entertainment industry, and that these kind of things would happen. No, I didn't. And this is this is what happened again. Like this is the naivety and the shaming because I, I, I thought maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's my maybe maybe there's there's nothing about like I, it just I just was in my mind. It was very difficult. So anyway. I actually went back. I don't remember. I, maybe I was in New York because I'm from New Jersey. But I went back. Um, I don't remember if he had called or what. But I went back. And I think either he asked for it or I actually. I think what I was thinking is this guy maybe thinks that I'm like going to. Um, he. That that I'm willing to do sexual things and I'm not. So maybe I offered a shoulder massage in lieu of him thinking that I was a type of female that was going to, you know, do the acts or whatever. So I was almost like apologizing, but not apologizing. I was trying to show him that this is the type of person I am. But, you know, like a shoulder massage is okay. I'm telling you, like, it doesn't make sense why I would go back after I had the turmoil. But there's like this confusion that's just surrounding me because I don't know. I just, I, I can't, it's, it's so long ago. But, and his friend was there too. His friend was there too. And he had on a bathrobe, I remember. I think he had just come out of a shower or something. But it was like full on, like nothing was weird it was i think it was I, I can't remember now all i know is his his friend was there and like i wasn't alone with him i remember like i wouldn't have done that like alone like now that's coming back well anyway the last of it is um i think i i i was feeling uncomfortable and then i was like leaving like some i don't know something triggered me where i'm like leaving and he's standing with his friend, and I think he either opened it, and I'm, like, not remembering because I don't want to remember, or he pretended that he was going to. I seriously, I can't remember. And he started I, I he started laughing, or, and his friends started laughing, and I, I just, like, got out of there. And then I remember him calling... I don't know if it was before or after, but I remember him calling and I said, I'm not that type of person, you know, I, I, and he started laughing on the phone when I said that and I'll never, ever 
forget that. And it took me many years for me to let SAG know what had happened. And even then, I didn't, like, press any suit. I just let their diversity sexual harassment department know. And they filed it away just in case. Because I didn't want to... I didn't want to get into all that with them. I didn't want to see him again. And I was still, like, confused because, again, I thought maybe it's partially my fault. And, or maybe, you know, he just thought of it for the role. But I don't think so. Like, after that second thing where he just wanted to, without, like, my permission, you know, just, like, disrobe, you know, flash or whatever just wrong and, and so maybe that was his humor again and this guy he was from new york queens or brooklyn and weinstein is from um new york like you know and oh god i, I just some of the guys in this industry and a lot of them were jewish and italian and i don't mean to discriminate against discriminate against cultures but I gotta say that they get, um, sometimes cultures get into clans, you know, and what's good for one is good for the other, and especially if you're in a very patriarchal type of culture or whatnot, then it's going to be worse, and because the entertainment business relies on getting, like, the next job and the next job and the next job, it's important to make connections and relationships. You know, you're not just staying in one place and working up the chain. You have to, as an actor, you're you're going all around for your next job. And that's why the casting couch happens so often, because you don't have the stability of just doing your job every day and making your paycheck. After your one your project's done, you have to look for more. And that's a whole set of new people, you know, hoping you're going to be cast and whatnot. And that's why the system has taken advantage. So why now? Why two decades later is this Weinstein case coming out? I don't know. Maybe it's the straw that broke the camel's back, as they say. Although that sounds like animal abuse, so I should use something else. <laughs> it's the straw that broke something. Um, and... I, I I think, too, maybe it's because of Trump. You know, women are fed up. There was the, the Women's March. And how many people have been harassed and seeing this man, our president, who was accused by 25-plus women of doing inappropriate things. And, you know, look where he's... He's in the most honorable position that you can get. I'm... I'm related to Patrick Henry. He was an honorable person. Unfortunately, he owned slaves, but many of them did back in the day. But from what I read, he was a he was a country lawyer. He went from home to home, you know, and he helped people. And George Washington wanted him as the vice pre president, but um, I think he was sick or he declined or whatnot. He was also the governor of uh, of Virginia, um, and uh, you know. To me, from what I've read, he was a quality person. Trump, you know, from what we hear, not so much. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there's things on tape where he, there's a thing on tape where he says, Trump, that, you know, he owned a beauty pageant. And he says on tape that he can just go into the, uh, the dressing rooms as they're dressing, 
you know, because he's, you know, he's he owns the company, the, and that's how he can get away with it. He said that, and that's how I can get away with it. Yeah. It wasn't even yeah. a joke. Yeah, I remember, lis- I remember listening to a video where he said that. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to know, Chandler, like, you're the first person I'm telling, and maybe some people will make judgments about how I handled that situation, that um, the the that acting one. But um, I truly did the best that I could, and I was experiencing confusion and some trauma. And I'm just so lucky that you know he didn't um, make me do some sort of act, you know, overpower me. But I'm, I felt manipulated because, again, I wanted to be in a film that was against prostitution. And and so that goes to show you, like, look at Bill Cosby, you know, allegedly speaking. And you always have to say alleged because we weren't there in the room. <laughs> and we don't want to, you know, be... Um, be countersued or whatnot for for saying you know he did it you know because that's another reason people don't have enough money to be countersued right <laughs> yeah because you know? because the thing is even if you are for sure that they did it you can't if you can't fight a court battle and convince others then you just end up putting yourself exactly so you've just made your life harder and um, but what I was saying about Cosby is you think he's like a wholesome person. Excuse me. I just ate some vegan chia seed pudding. <laughs> um, you, a, a, a show like that was wholesome. And you think that you're working with someone that has pretty good values. OK. Or at least isn't going to try what he did, you know, drugging and raping. I'm not saying the guy needs to be perfect because he's doing a wholesome show but you do expect that i mean not perfect not even perfect but like he doesn't have to be mr rogers or i don't know if, if people know mr rogers neighborhood like kid, kid oh yeah friendly. i know like, that show he doesn't, he doesn't have to be g-rated in all his life just because he's doing a wholesome show but you would think that he would definitely not be a crim, a perpetrator, a um, as as people call it, a um, what do you call it when a predator? You would never think that, but some of these shows that are wholesome have the worst predators around. They do. Like I, God. Well, you know okay. what I think well, you know is, what I, I think that the predators are everywhere. It's just that people it's are surprised when it's by a. Sh- a when they do a show where they don't seem like a predator. Hey, there you are. Um, we got disconnected. God, thank God. I mean, this is, yeah, this is this is my revelation. So this is really important to me. I mean, yeah, this is really important. Thanks for listening. Um, so, um, if you are you are recording again? Uh, let me let me check. Yeah, it's recording now, so you can continue from what you were about to say. Okay. Okay. So what I was saying is, you think that you're getting into a good project, it's wholesome, and then something happens. And I'm not going to name the network, but I also heard um, while I was working as a background actor, there was the group 
of the crew, including, I think, the, the director. And they were talking about some sort of um, a visit to a, a, a go-go club, topless bar, something like that. Anyway, um, someone said something and he, he said, oh, like for that amount or for that, like you should you, you should have had sex. She shouldn't be she should have given you sex, something like that. And I remember, like, this other woman heard that, and we, like, looked at each other. We were not comfortable at all. We didn't say anything, though. Why? Because I, I, I don't know. Again, it's like confusion sets in. It's like, oh, okay, well, they're not addressing us. They're like, it's boys will be boys. But they were, they were loud enough for us to hear this kind of stuff. This was wrong. And I just let it go. But it, it's a network that very wholesome type of programming not children's but very wholesome and that bothered me um but you know i want to go back to that story with um with where i was uh auditioning for for the role of the prostitute um because i it's been so long ago i just want to put it into perspective i think what happened is i went into the audition that happened what i told you press my head down and then um, I think he called me, and that's when I said, you know, well, I'm not that, you know, type of person, whatnot. And then I, I think that's when I went to, like the, the second time. He, uh, like, he's like, oh, if you're around, so I don't. Again, I shouldn't have gone, but I think I gave the benefit of the doubt. And again, there was turmoil, confusion going on, and I think that that's what happened. But I'll tell you, I never went again. Never spoke to him told my agent she criticized me she's like you should oh i i, I said uh, i i told her you know like how he was trying to open the robe or whatnot with his friend standing there i, I said she's like you shouldn't have gone there i said but wait a minute like other people were auditioning and then and then as far as the second time that i went like the friend was there like there was another person there she's like that could make it worse they could both like turn on you or whatever she said you know and I didn't even think about that because I thought to myself, she just oh, okay, well. To, she expected you to think of stuff like that. Like, how would you know that? Exactly. Then she, she said, I don't know if it was that time or another time, she said, you have to stop being so vulnerable. Now, I want to talk about this vulnerable adjective because that's really difficult to tell an actor who's been trained to be vulnerable in the scene. That's why people watch actors because they are vulnerable. That's what grabs the audience's attention because you allow yourself to experience what the character is feeling. So you have to be vulnerable. If you're all tight and stuff, then your mind's not on the role. Your mind's not in the moment. So that confused me too, because I was, <laughs> I was trained to be vulnerable, you know, in the, in the acting world, but you can't, but then she would, I guess was meaning as far as going into different places and whatnot. And so I'll tell you, um, it really, really, uh, it really, really hurt me in my career because yes, I am always on the lookout now. I am. And I could go into other things that have happened, but, um, you know, but I mean, basically like someone grabbed my leg one time. I didn't know him. He was the chauffeur for like this, this, um, music promoter that I was working for and whatnot. And then when I told her about it, she never hired me again. <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah, and I and I actually went to the police and I did a small claims court on that and I won. I won. I never collected my money though. It was only about a hundred dollars um, that the uh, the judge awarded me. But you know, I don't want somebody grabbing my leg. I was in the back seat and he was driving, and I had a skirt on. Nothing was showing, but I had. Or did I? I don't remember what I had. I just remember that my cap was showing. I think it was, yeah, and and he grabbed it and squeezed it, the chauffeur, like at a traffic stop or something. I mean, this is very uncomfortable. Another time I worked on a music project with someone, and every time I left, he'd want to give me a hug, and it's like, okay, I didn't know. It's like he was Jewish, and I'm like, again, it's like confusion. It's like, oh, you know, is this just a culture? Like, it's just making me feel, like, weird. And then one time we were working at the computer and he patted my leg like, you know, that a girl kind of thing. Like it wasn't a lingering pat, but it, I just didn't want him to do it. And I said, you know, please don't touch me like that. And he went he, he got angry and was upset with me for a few days. And then we were scheduled to be on a movie set together for a student film. And I put the I he was still upset about it. And I said, do you want to speak to my boyfriend? Because I had a boyfriend at the time, not in the same state. And he said, no, what do I want to speak to your boyfriend for, for him to tell him to F you real hard? Only he said the real like word. And oh. that was traumatizing. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm telling I'm telling you all this, to, you know, to 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 tie this into our show, the celibate vegan compadres, because this isn't a show about sexual assault. It's about choosing celibacy. <laughs> As a celibate person, as an abstinent person, this stuff really, really hurt me. Because, you know, look, it's going to hurt anybody, I feel. Well, maybe it won't hurt some people. But the fact of the matter is, when you're saving yourself for marriage, or actually at that point I was thinking, you know, I just want to be celibate for the rest of my life. And I was trying to explain that to the boyfriend who didn't really get it. My last one did until towards the end. But, you know, this kind of stuff hurts because I've always put um, making love uh, on a pedestal, like a spiritual kind of thing. You know, I was born and raised Catholic and you wait till you're married and that's it, even though no one else around me really was, (laughs) you know, like in this day and age. But I did because my mom, you know, told me that and she waited and I don't know about my father, but my, I don't think my father was that fast of a guy if, if you, if, you know, you want to put it that way. But, um, you know, my dad, my mom said that he was very like, um, awkward or whatever. So anyway, I was just raised with a lot of love people if you're listening and, you know, I, I never expected you know, any of what, you know, my niceness or naivety to be misinterpreted or whatnot. And for these kinds of things to happen, which are, it's very traumatizing because, you know, I, I belong to some asexual groups and there was one, I didn't answer yet. I think I just liked it. I'm going to come back to it. And they said, how many of you asexuals were abused as a child or like later on? And I think that it's possible that asexuality can gradually happen due to the experiences that you have. But I will say that 
even if those experiences like really didn't happen, when I think about it, there's so many consequences to having carnal relations. You know, you, unwanted pregnancies, diseases, you know, body fluids, it's like, to me, it just seems very unnecessary. And I don't think that it makes a marriage. And if it did, then 50% of the people, when, you know, of our population or those who get married would, wouldn't be divorced. So, um, so, but yeah, so this kind of stuff has really, I think has been triple fold for me because of my values and how, how I think. And yeah. so that, that's what I want to say about that. Well, I have a few things to say too, honestly. Um, see, here's the thing. Now, the average person <clears throat> is not like us, Monique. A lot of people, they, since they like sex, they don't have a problem with getting sexually harassed when in the entertainment industry or anywhere else because they're weird and they enjoy it. But <laughs> but people who are celibate and who have reasons that they don't want to be involved in sexual stuff, people like uh, us would notice that thing going on. Like whereas other people would just laugh it off and just play along with it because they think it's funny. We're horrified. You know, and that's the thing that goes on, and it's hard to get other people to see why it's wrong. And I must admit, like, I've laughed it off. Not like, ah, you know, not like that, but, you know, the kind of laugh, like, oh, haha, you know, like, because I didn't know how to handle it. But you're saying the people that they literally think it's funny. <laughs> I'm not like that. You know, I'm very sensitive. And I, to this day, I really don't like anybody touching my even my arm or tapping me without you know i just don't know where people are coming from like somebody today there was like somebody that was about to step in my space or whatnot and we were in a line and he like grabbed my arm gently and you know to pull me over maybe not to get my toe step i don't know all i know is he didn't ask me first and that made my the wheels in my head turn and i was uncomfortable you know for like about 40 minutes until we, you know, I continue to talk with him because he's, he, he's, a, he, to me, he's a pretty decent person and uh, we have a lot of things in common and we were waiting for this movie to start. And, um, I think he just felt warm towards me towards the end, nothing sexual. And he's like, Oh, can I, you know, you know, well, thank you for talking with me. And, you know, can I give you a hug? You know, just, and I didn't feel any sexual undertone whatsoever. And I said, yeah, you can. Thanks for asking. And guess what? Then I felt better. I felt better because he asked me because, you know, I don't know what actress it was. And I'm going to say actress because you'll know, like, you know, female. But again, I call myself an actor because I don't like this labeling of actress and actor. Actress just sounds too like, um, vulnerable if you would <laughs> you know or or oh she's an actress like i i just say actor now just it's safer but um an actress and said she doesn't know why every man in this business not every man but so many men feel that they can just like touch you you know without your permission you know like just kind of grab you by the it's and 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 i think she's right and the thing the thing is it's i don't want to be so, so vigilant that I don't think some people really do mean anything. You know what I'm saying? And I never felt this way before. I didn't care if somebody grabbed me by the arm or whatnot, as long as they didn't do anything. But I just don't know the intentions. And that's why it 
I just want people to ask. And it's not about me like being repul- being repulsed or thinking back. Like I just don't know what their in- intentions are. Um, I also want to state something. Gosh, this is such a long story. I want to totally make this short. You can look it up if you put in Monique Lukens Malibu. Um, I mentioned it before to you, Chandler, maybe on another show as well. I was driving along in Malibu uh, after volunteering from a movie theater, from the, the, the Egyptian movie theater's sister theater. It was called The Arrow, and it was late at night. It was midnight, and I needed to get onto the highway, and all of a sudden to my left, there was a patrol car driving. Oh, and you've then, told this story before. You definitely have, like, three or four times. <laughs> so important to me and it went into the back. So I dropped in my speed and I put on my hazard lights to show that I was going to stop. And it went on for a little um, while because I wasn't seeing anything that was open. And finally I saw, thought I saw somebody um, walking around in a parking lot near a pizzeria um, near a pickup truck. I'll never forget. And then when I pulled over, there was nobody there. So I don't know if he was a figment of my imagination or if he was there and he just disappeared, or maybe it was a ghost. I don't know, but whatever the case is, um, I told the officer why I pulled over, and he he said he was give, giving. Well, it was really weird because I had to wait about 45 minutes before he issued me the ticket, and he said that um, it was for a headlight out. I didn't know, but anyway, he said he was giving me a correctable ticket. And when I looked at it, in addition, which he didn't say, he was just like walking away without saying this. He had given me a $500 plus a point on my license ticket for failure to yield to his emergency vehicle. So wrong. So I talked about it at the Malibu City Council for a year. This was back in 2011. And then um, uh, six months later, during the course of me speaking out and getting many news articles about this, you know, how it should be... um, a right for women to be able to pull over in a safe, well, uh, well-lit populated area because there are a lot of stories of fake cops and real t- cops doing things, you know, unfortunately to women and, um, and, and actually to minorities too, you know, beating them up. And this isn't, you read the news, you know, I think things are going to get better now. Uh, they are somewhat. Uh, two steps fall, two steps forward, one step back with Trump in the office. But, I mean, we might have our police be uh, military soon. He's, they're trying to do stuff like that. But anyway, I don't want to get into that. What I got to get into is the fact that I had a pro temp judge, which means she's not um, she's like a substitute teacher type of judge, a substitute judge. And it was a woman. And I thought, oh, well, you know, she'll definitely understand what I mean. So I just want to give a couple key points here. Awful. I'll let you hear the recording. I have a copy of this, Chandler, and you can hear it. I, I think I should put it up. I was afraid to put it up at the time because I didn't I didn't know the legalities. Nobody wanted to tell me anything. You know, I'd have to get a lawyer, you know, at three hundred dollars an hour to probably like tell me if it's legitimate or, or not for me to like put it up. And I didn't have the money, but I'll let you hear it. All right. Key points. She said I, um, she, I, I said to her. um that uh, she said, are you afraid of the police? And I said, well, I've been sexually harassed before. Have you been sexually harassed by the police? I said, well, no, in the entertainment industry. And then I said, look, I've gotten some news articles about this. This is serious. She's like, your irrational fear is causing you attention. That's what this woman said to me. And 
it turns out that while I was speaking in Malibu, I found out about another young woman who didn't make it alive. She had some sort of mental thing going on. She was arrested for not paying her bill at a restaurant. And then they let her go in the middle of the night, even though her mom called and said, are you keeping her there to the morning? Because she was going to go there in the morning. She lived kind of far and they said yes. Um, and they let her out in the middle of the night. Technically, it was a, it was the morning a.m., but, you know, it was late at night. And anyway, a lot of stuff they did wrong. The Lost Hills Sheriff Department, they moved her remains without the permission of the coroner when they finally found her like a year later. They said there was no tape in the jail. And the captain who said it, um, the tape was in his desk and it was half erased. And he was promoted to another uh, another um, district or whatever you want to call it. Uh, precinct and um and then like they they went the wrong way that she left when they did the uh when they did the search for her her name's my Richardson anyway several people said to me during the course of me speaking out that if I continue to speak out they might kill me like they did that girl my Richardson so I started investigating in that and then I found out that my pro pro temp judge her name is Bonnie Tremack and she is the daughter of a famous, um, uh, oh, oh, God, what is, um, executive producer. I mean, it's all out there, so I might as well just say it. Um, he executive produced some TV show called The Virginians and also Chips. And um, she, during the course of the story, okay, I don't know if this is true or not. So, again, like, th this is just what was told to me. They said that she, um, there were neighbors that, uh, there was a petition going around for her to stop being a dominatrix because men, men were like going in and out in the middle of the night and this, and, and then there were screams to her place when my trees was, um, when they were trying to be, when my trees, they were trying to find my trees. And also, um, my trees was found deceased on the border of a porn ranch. Like it was like a horse ranch kind of, but it was, they made porn there. An international renowned, renowned pornographer named Suze Randall. And Suze Randall and Bonnie Tremack, they had the same mailbox address. It was like some mail kind of thing building near where they lived. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But anyway, um, it, it was also said that, um, well, no, this, this definitely is true, that there was a shallow grave that developed on Tremac's property and it took her a few weeks, uh, took a few weeks for them to get a warrant, like long enough for something to have, you know, maybe moved. Who knows? Like the, the might, but this, you know, during the whole my trees thing, a shallow grave, you know what a grave looks like after, you know, when they've dug like the hole up and then they put patch like the ground back, you know, that's what I mean by a shallow grave. It looks like something was dug. Well, anyway, after that, she erected a wooden fence around her, her whole property. And look, I mean, I don't have a lot of time in my life to keep up with all these things. But from time to time, I think to myself and, you know, be, due, due to what happened with this Harvey Weinstein thing. And she's an entertainment lawyer, by the way. She's an, an entertainment lawyer. She, she moved, I found out on, on the web that she moved to Hawaii and I saw a post 
about how she's talking about how, oh oh how so many women oh they're, they're so sexually harassed girls by the age of what I didn't read the whole thing and I'm thinking to myself look I hope that you really changed yourself because you were so mean to me and I don't know what the heck happened like maybe she's completely innocent with the whole my trees thing but I'm gonna put it out there online right now because people have been afraid to say anything because she could sue them but I'm saying this allegedly speaking this 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 is this is what was said. So I mean I can't be sued if like you know if this is like all the truth. Like I'm and I'm just saying what has been said. And I'm not gonna say who said what because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, you know, that was like decent about this. But um you, you know, why Hawaii? She's she's an entertainment lawyer. Why isn't she like I don't know what just it's just very, very weird. And um you know, it just, the whole thing, it just, you know, I just saw this movie with, it was, it was awesome. And there was, there was possible sexual assault inclinations in it too. It's on Netflix. And now I can't remember the title, but Grace is in it and it's based upon a novel. Uh, I think it's a true story. And it's an all woman, um, the director is female, the lead actress, female, and Anna Penguin is in it, Paquin. And, um, uh, the script writer and the novelist, all female. So they all felt good. Like everybody felt safe. <laughs> they said, because a lot of times when men come into the picture, you know, there's a different spin on things when it comes to like being vulnerable as an actress or, you know, how far they want you to go. Like, you know, maybe like be more a little scandalous, you know, to get more eyeballs watching or whatnot. But the ladies were very honest um, and they said, you know, things have happened to them. You know, they said things have happened to every woman and it's not just the entertainment business. It's the whole world. It's just that some are easier to prey on others because of the system. And like I said, the system of Hollywood is the way it is where you don't get a permanent job all the time. You don't know that you're always going to be the leading lady. You have to keep auditioning and going around. You can't just work your way up. I mean, it's the, 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 um, the industry is built on relationships, not love relationships, but knowing people, you know, and them knowing your work and whatnot. So anyway, I did want to say that. And, um, and I think I, I really would like to put that court case out there. And, uh, you know, I don't, I would just love to be able to, have an apology from that um, from that pro temp judge for what she made me go through. And there's articles that um, you know me speaking about the trial. If you put in Monique Lukens, Bonnie Tremac. So you know I'm not saying. And, and anyway, what I'm saying right now that's actually online too. It's on a Facebook uh, a Facebook link which actually has some porn on it. It's like really weird. So I don't know why there's porn on this particular website that tells the story like actual like intercourse kind of stuff but like I'm you know I'm reading it I'm trying to ignore the porn thing because I'm reading it because um yeah like I look I think everybody deserves to be given second chances and I think that people need to be could be rehabilitated and stuff but I do think that people have to serve their justice and I don't, and I, and I, and I think that that's important for survivors, victims, thrivers, whatever you want to call us, victims, sur survivors, or thrivers sounds the best. You know, you're thriving, but 
many times people don't completely thrive because, you know, it's always in the back of their mind that nothing was done. And again, going back to the Weinstein thing, why now? Why not before? Well, maybe just now's the time. Or maybe it was because of, of a bad business deal and somebody got angry or whatnot. Apparently, Bill Cosby, I, I, I don't know all the research on this, but Bill Cosby wanted to buy NBC. And I don't think whoever the powers may be wanted him to um, buy NBC. And then, like, the story started coming out. I know that uh, there was a comedian that started joking about, you know, about Bill Cosby drugging. And I'm not... <laughs> When I say joking, see, sometimes comedians, sometimes jokes, you know, they're not appropriate, obviously, in certain circumstances because they're serious things. But sometimes what I do when I when I um, impersonate Trump and Bernie Sanders, you, you guys can look up Monique Lukin's comedy or Monique Lukin's uh, Trump, Bernie, and you'll find a whole bunch of things. I try to put in... Um, uh, like different points, you know, I'm like teaching you something, but I'm also making jokes about it so that you laugh and it's not funny, but you're laughing because it's so awful. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, it's kind of like a teaching thing for me. And it's really fun to do Donald Trump. It's really not fun to like listen to him and, per, you know, and think about some of the things. <laughs> but, I, but like Trump, I told you before, before, like I get to dress as a guy and I get to just be like, hey, you know, and it's like there is no inhibitions. This guy has no inhibitions. But when you're a woman, I think you have more inhibitions because you feel like you're always going to be portrayed as like, oh, like if you're too like outspoken, you must be like that in the bed, too. There must be. Seriously, that's like I think what some people think, especially in this this business like and like you said if people are joking about oh how many people have i heard in this business drop the f-bomb i know that people drop the f-bomb a lot in this country and maybe in the world too but like the actors this is one thing that really um it concerns me i'll go to q and a Q&A, and i would say that out of one out like out of 10 times i would say maybe Mm, three to four out of 10 times the actor will use the F word, you know, and then everybody will laugh. Well, I'll laugh at that word. And it's like, why, why must you do that? Like, don't you think about what you're, what the meaning behind it? Why must you do that? And why must everybody like laugh and not like a uncomfortable, but like, ah, and it's so, so yeah, yeah like they're, People to blame too for what has happened. I mean, blame is such a strong word, but I'm just saying there's there's folks who have like encouraged things. Let's put it that way. But for those that are not, you know, that really want to do it legitimately, and you know, they're not they're not verbally cursing, abusive, and things like that. I think that this needs to be cleaned up. It really, really does. Yeah. Uh, see, here's, well, that's yeah. That's what I want to this point because, gosh, I, wow. I mean, I could have told a therapist everything that I said, but that's the great thing with this pound. It's um the pound sign and then me too. One of the actors um decided on Twitter. I forget who it was, and then Alyssa Milano, who also I think she's a vegan. Um, 
she said, how many of you like have been treated this way? And the Me Too like went all over the Internet. And so many women are now speaking about, you know, what has been done to them and how they were silent and whatnot. And that's why I'm saying all this right now, because all the other women are, because now I have a little bit of a safety net. You know what I'm saying? And they do, too, because before you have to hush up because you're oh, you're causing trouble or you don't know what you say could like be held against you. Hey, what I'm saying today, it might be held against me, but I'm saying the truth. So. I mean, I again, the alleged thing with the dominatrix and things like that, this was kind of this was told to me that this is something that the neighbors said. So I don't know if that's true. There's nothing in writing, you know, except like a Facebook post. There's no you know, I, I didn't I didn't ask the neighbors about this and whatnot. And hey, if she wants to be a dominatrix, well, you know, that's her business, I guess. Mo- Monique, <laughs> I, I don't OK. Like- Monique, I don't know what a dominatrix is. Oh, a dominatrix is usually they're in like a tight type of leather type thing. And they're the ones that whip you or, you know, like there's no actual sex that takes place. It's just all kind of like in the mind, like, or, you know, lick my toes or let me put my cigarette on. It's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be arousing, sexually arousing. And a lot of men apparently who like this. And they're in very powerful positions. So it's a way for them to submit, you know? And so that is, yeah. So I don't know if she was doing this, but, you know, I'm just saying that that's what some people have said. And so, you know, one of her clients was accused of murdering my trees. And then that was unfounded. And all I'm saying is like, If she's doing that, then she can't possibly imagine how I felt that I could have been abused if I pulled into a dark place where no one would, you know, not just dark, but where people can't see you. I mean, for goodness sake, you could be in a lit area in the middle of nowhere. You're still not safe because there's no witnesses or whatnot. So that's all I wanted. But it was hard that night because it was midnight and nothing was open. And so somebody who might be more sexually, um, you know, like liberated or whatnot, um, might not see that like me, I don't know, like, but I just, for me to have, have seen this post where she's, you know, talking about girls being sexually harassed. Yes, I was too. I mean, like, and, and that's why I was cautious and she made a mockery of that by saying my irrational fear is giving me attention. It's not an irrational fear if you keep reading about these things over and over in the news. Uh, yeah, because these things happen, and so it's not an irrational fear. Yes, and being a celibate, it, this really, really bothered me because I was trying to protect myself. So that, that so that's my portion of this this show, and you know, I'd love for you to speak anything that you want to say, anything that you you know, feel, um, that could actually be done about this because, you know, I, I mean, (laughs) 
I, I just, I, I don't know. Like my case, unfortunately, I, I appealed it and they didn't even accept the appeal. And she didn't even give me a judgment. She didn't even pronounce me guilty. She said she pronounced that I pronounced myself guilty on my own accord because I said, she's like, do you think you might have gone like a mile? And I said, I'm not sure. Possibly. Yes. You know, so that to her was the guilty thing and nothing else that I said mattered. And I should have gotten a lawyer, but I thought that this would be, um, you know, evident that I was doing the right thing. And even in the California driver's manual, it says that you have a right to pull over to um, a safe, well-lit area. It says that in the driver's manual, but I guess it could be up to the discretion of the officer. So that's it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, see, it's, it's so messed up. See, I, I'm well aware that women are are raped and sexually harassed everywhere whether in the entertainment industry or not and the thing the thing about it is it's so common and yet people are are afraid to speak up when it happens to them and it's precisely for reasons like this because as soon as somebody does then they're just mocked and so that's why it's only when a whole bunch of them at once start telling about it do people take it seriously because they can shut they can shut up one or two women who speak about it but when they're all doing it then you know there's nothing they can do so i mean that's good that women are telling their experiences because at least that means there's a chance that something might be done but i think so there's excuse me but there's still the naysayers that are like well why are they all speaking out now why didn't they just come out like there's still those people and most of the time they're men that say it or they have some sort of an agenda you know there's republican women or whatnot i look i don't want to bash republicans not all of them are bad but there it seems like some sort of boys club or whatnot but Hey, Hillary Clinton, she put up with like, you know, alleged, you know, sexual abuse and whatnot, too. So it's the Democrats, too. But anyway, the, the thing is, because so many years go by, there are those people that say, well, why now? Why now? I mean, that was said to me just today. You know, well, why? Harvey's been doing it for two decades. Why is it coming out now? You know, well, OK, maybe he just said why he, he wanted to know why it came out now. And like we discussed, maybe it was a bad business deal or somebody just wasn't going to take anymore or the Trump thing and all those things. But, um, yeah, like you just said, Chandler, people are afraid. So when, so now people feel that they could come out and say things about at least this man. <laughs> and there's been other men, too. And I got to say, most of them are over like 45 years of age, you know, because because they could get away with that. Now, a lot of the younger men, they know that they can't. Unfortunately, though, the porn got into, you know, young man's possession, internet porn and stuff. So some men have, like, really behaved badly, younger men. But, I mean, generally speaking, I think the younger men understand the sexual harassment more than the older men. And when you're older... When you're an older man, like so many of these guys are saying, well, I knew I, I shouldn't I should have said something. I oh, what's Quentin Tarantino said he knew he should have said something. He apologizes because they have so much to lose if 
you know, their partners or whatnot. He was getting financed by Harvey Weinstein. If Harvey Weinstein goes to jail, then he's going to be affected. So the older you get, the more you have to lose. The richer you get, the more you have to lose. Yeah, see, that's the thing is that with the whole money thing, people will do anything, including, um, you know, that often they'll defend people who they know are doing something wrong just because it benefits them financially. And it's just it's bizarre how this is because once money gets into it, there's no honesty anymore. It seems. Yeah, that's right. And as far as the acting business is concerned, I mean, people, well, in the commercial industry, there's actors, they don't believe in certain products and they'll, they'll take a commercial anyway, you know, because it means money and whether or not they put the money towards something that's good or not, they still put their face to this product that they don't even like agree with, you know, and I think commercials is a lot different than film and TV, like we've talked before about um, meat products and whatnot. There are some vegans that will do meat product um, commercials and they'll say, well, I'll put the money towards something, you know, good and whatnot. But I just don't want to have my face showing that I'm promoting meat. At this point, I have way too many vegan videos up there for somebody to see me, uh, you know, smiling and taking a bite out of a burger, even if it means $20,000 for me. Um, yeah. I'm there's like millions and millions and millions of people that are going to see that. And that's more powerful than the $20,000 that I'm going to get. I feel. And also once you do that, it's not like you can talk against the, um, the, the company for at least like a, a, the time being like a year or so, like, because you've signed a contract and <laughs> you know, like, They'll they'll sue you if you badmouth them and you've just um, you've you've just made a lot of money and you know you're like you're the person taking the burger and then all of a sudden you're shown on the internet as as saying you know well I'm really against meat you can't do that so yeah I mean, maybe you can <laughs> two years down the line or something yeah or if you nobody sees you or whatnot but not if you're the main person. Yeah, so. yeah, that reminds me of that guy who um, he refused to do a Burger King commercial, the voice actor of Shaggy from the Scooby Doo cartoon, because because um, I was reading Casey. about that. Sorry. Yeah, Casey Case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that guy. He he. I guess um, he uh, he quit doing the voice of Shaggy because that they wouldn't make. Uh, Shaggy a vegan and they wanted him to do that that Burger King commercial and that and that Casey guy he didn't want anything to do with that you know and see here's what it comes down to is if people are willing to um, do a commercial that's completely against their values um, then do you know what that says about that person that says that you can never trust that person because they get, just throw enough money at them and they and then their morality is gone. So like so that's just it. It's like yeah, I, w- I wouldn't for any amount of money, I wouldn't do a, a commercial promoting meat. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't have sex uh, with someone no matter how much somebody paid me and I, and I certainly wouldn't advertise for Planned Parenthood. <laughs> it's like come on because people for me it's more it's more important for people to know I stood for something than to have a bunch of money because because at least after I'm dead, people can remember what I stood for. But if you are just a sellout because people just give you money and then you'll just say anything, well, then how are you different from any politician? I mean, it's like really people people who just say whatever people want to hear, but they have no opinion of their own. You know that that such a person you don't listen to, you don't trust them as a source of information about anything. And that's why out here I'm way more friends with vegans than actors because there are a lot of people that are willing to you know compromise so that they could get a part but but not just compromise there's a lot of actors that don't think this way they don't they're not vegans you know like horror horror films i don't want to be in a horror film um if i can help it unless the story's like absolutely like good and you're gonna like learn something like i don't you know i've shied away because i don't want to promote violence in that way you know i look Chandler, I haven't been perfect. I have not been perfect, but I've been pretty close to perfect when it comes to choosing projects that have some sort of value to it, you know, or at least me yeah. seeing the value of my character. And what you just said, I so wish that more people would say those same words that just came out of your mouth, that you want to be known for standing for something. Because yeah. to me, like, okay, Ladies and gentlemen, please don't take this the wrong way. I am attracted to a person that says that over a guy who would like, you know, hey, babe, you know, let's it, I mean, someone who wouldn't say that someone who doesn't have a moral background. That is to me the number one thing when people when people, you know, Say, what are you looking for in a guy? You write, write some adjectives or, or tell me about yourself. That's more common. Tell me about yourself. What would people say about you? I always put honesty. That's like my number one thing. And a lot of other people that don't, they're cheerful, friendly, you know, but honesty has always been something that has been very important to me because I think that that is the basis on uh, for, for everything almost I mean, unless you're a serial killer and you honestly want to kill somebody. Yeah. That was funny. That was funny, Monique. Yeah. Well, see here. Yeah. Here's the thing that's important about it is, yeah, I mean, you have to know who you can trust. And sadly, I mean, I mean, look, you're an actor and you, you enjoy acting and it ju it just really is sad that the entertainment industry as a whole is full of idiots who sexually har harass uh, people and try to get people to do things that are against their conscience. And and see, here's the thing about it, Monique. There there are like okay, there are um, uh, uh, other issues like, for example. Um, like and now of course this might be sort of a precap because um, I think I mean I would like to wrap this up at some point um, and talk about what some of our future shows may be. 
Um, but so here, here's one thing is we've talked in the past on some of our episodes about doing an episode about the whole birth control issue. And that's a, definitely a deep, uh, complicated topic. But one thing that I would like to say is that there is an issue here. Um, apparently, now I don't know the details because I don't follow politics, but apparently with the whole Obamacare thing, um, like the, this whole thing about employers being forced to pay for birth control for their employees as part of health insurance. And see here, and here's the issue. I mean, there's many, there's people on both sides of that issue, but here's the thing about it is that you, you, no, nobody in their right mind can seriously force people to pay for birth control uh, pills when they think it's wrong. I mean, like the uh, the idea that even the Catholics have to. I mean that that's that's pretty insane right there. I think that's outrageous. And personally, the the idea that first of all, um, why should celibate people be forced through taxation to cover the cost of other people's uh, birth control methods for other people who are having sex? Why do celibates have to pay for other people to have sex? You know, that's that's one issue about it that I think it's highly immoral to ask uh, them to pay for it if they if they if they're not part of it and if they think it's wrong. And I just, it's like, why do people have to be forced to participate in anything like what? Like, I mean, just like women don't want to be forced to doing all these sexual things when all they're trying to do is have an acting job. Why? Mm-hmm. Why in the world? Do do people have to be forced to do anything that they don't want to do, you know, like that? It, it's just insane, you know, and I feel like we're, we're, you know, we're attacked in a lot of ways. People who take a stand against the culture, whether they're a celibate or whether they're vegan or whatever or whatever their their issue is, they realize that. Almost everybody else is different and stuff is in their face. It's like you cannot escape from the sexuality. It's in every movie. Um, it's it's everywhere, everywhere you look. You can't escape from from advertisements of, of meat and dairy and eggs because they're just everywhere. It's like you can't even watch a YouTube uh, video about an entirely different subject without seeing some Burger King commercial with some chicken sandwich. And I'm just, I just get so mad and I just get so frustrated and just get off the web I'm because I feel like I'm being attacked with other people – promoting murder and I don't like it and that's honestly why I hate this world <laughs> yeah and I see what you're saying about the birth control look I mean yeah I, I agree that people shouldn't have to pay for other people's birth control but one thing that I want to say about it is traditionally speaking most people who are working they're of marriage marriageable age and you know most people feel that if you're married, you're, you're doing that. Right. And so, um, you know, it's like, I think maybe not now, but like before it's considered the woman's duty 
And you look that up. It really is considered the woman's duty. Like this, this, this show that I just saw the screening, it has, again, it has grace in it and it's on Netflix. The main character in this, uh, super uh, wonderful project. Um, she's Irish and she said that that's, where the the act is done in the bed it's one of the most dangerous places the bed you, you you're uh you know you get birth you could die there I mean, birth you, you know you die in the bed you, you get sick in the bed um that's where the act is and she's like for the good of it or or, or despair she said despair because i don't from what i understand that women liked intercourse as much as some of them state that they do now. I don't know, because it used to be a, a, a wife's duty. You were obligated. And if you didn't, that was reason to for a marriage to be annulled. There were comedians that I would used to listen to when I was doing open mics back in 2007. And this, this is one of the reasons I got out of comedy. I hated hearing the, these guys always making these to them it's not but to me it's misogynistic and it would say oh my wife has a headache she's not going to give me sex tonight my wife said you know it's like that was always the excuse well doesn't that mean though then like that if you're going to have intercourse that like you're up for like you know some football play you're gonna like get knocked around and stuff you know what i'm saying like if somebody says i because if it was really like beautiful and just like easy and ah you know then why would that be an excuse? I have a headache. Wouldn't that make you feel better? So I, I don't understand the shift. I truly don't. But traditionally speaking, if you're married, you know, if you're working, you're probably married and you're probably going to have birth control and it's like, do that or you're going to have 10 kids, you know, one or the other. But I also understand like for people like us, I'm pretty much against birth control because it messes a body up. And it's not 100% um, effective for disease or for pregnancy. You know, I think it's better than nothing, for sure, for precaution, if you're going to do it. But I don't advocate, as you do, having intercourse if you're not having, you know, a child or whatnot. And, and even if you are, I think... I don't know. <laughs> it's like just adopt people. Just adopt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been saying that for years. Just adopt, you know. I mean, see, and here's the here the, the other issue with a birth control, as you may be well aware of this, Monique, is that pretty much all of the hormonal uh, methods of birth control all have been tested on animals. It all involves either they extract the hormones from animals. Or they've been testing on lab animals for years by forcing these hormones into them and seeing how it affects their fertility. So vegans, since we don't ex support the exploitation of animals, have to be against that kind of birth control anyway. And I even read, mm -hmm. I even read that a lot of condoms contain animal products in them. So if you are – okay, so just to be clear, anyone listening to this, if you are going to have sex – and if you call yourself a vegan, make sure that you're using a form of contraception that doesn't involve the exploitation of animals. I'd like to ask that, please, at least. <laughs> well, that's very good, wisely put. You know, when I hear things have been experimented on, animals, makeup, and you know, in Europe, 
they won't allow that anymore. But here they will. And some makeup companies, I feel that they try to pass it off. They'll say like cruelty free and then they'll have an animal product in it anyway. Just don't do it. Don't use anything from an animal if you're going to put cruelty free because it's very questionable. Um, yeah, like you do have to consider the what went into making the product, even if there is not animals in it. And that's from a human level too, us human animals, because, you know, there are some products I won't get. Because I've heard stories where there's sweatshops, you know, and they're doing, they're not paying their workers or whatnot, you know, or they're dying or whatnot. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not as much as before, but it has, you know, it has occurred. And I, and I feel that you do have to be conscious, conscious as much as you can. I mean, you're not going to know every single company's history, because they don't disclose it. But if you do know an article where you know somebody is dying from breathing in all this dust, and then when he goes to the employer to like help them and they won't, you're gonna like, are you really gonna support that company? I'm not. So you're right about that, Chandler. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, P people have to consider the source with everything. And so, yeah, I mean, these are important issues to discuss, and that's something that I hope to to mention again on a future episode we'll recover that but also um we may possibly have a guest next week for another show isn't that right monique yes she's a raw vegan and she says she has a celibate marriage so i am like psyched to talk to her i mean i don't even have a celibate celibate marriage i've never been married you know we talk about celibate marriages and here is one that possibly exists unless she means a celibate marriage with herself but i don't think so i think she means a two two people celibate marriage yeah oh, i don't know or maybe a celibate marriage with her dog or something who knows what i i guess we'll find out <laughs> i i hope not with the dog yeah let's not go there <laughs> well as long as you're celibate with the dog that's fine <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it just—I think you should just be good friends with your dog, and no need to mar mention marriage. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, I think um, it begins to call into question what marriage is about. And see, the thing, Monique, is that a lot of people think marriage is about sex, and in many people's mm -hmm. minds, that is what it is. Um, but I would like to think that if there is any concept of marriage at all that makes sense. That it's not that because it certainly wouldn't be that for me, but it's it, it, it's unlikely that I would ever have a celibate marriage. But theoretically, I like the idea to still be possible. So if there is somebody who has a celibate marriage, then I would like to hear about that. So I look forward to that if that works out. <laughs> me too. So we'll be talking to her hopefully soon and get a day for us to record and. Um, I hope that that one will be released in November of 2017 because this is our, our October 2017 one. And, of course, we're talking about the Harvey Weinstein uh, issue and everything that, you know, comes comes about it. It's not just this man. You know, there's so many people that are now, now apologizing for things that they've actually done. Um, uh <laughs> I'm not even going to get into all of it. You can you can Google, and there's about 15 celebrities right now, men that are like, "Oh, I knew about it," or "Oh, I'm sorry, I did this," because now women are 
they're like making accusations left and right on these these movie moguls. So I don't know if we're going to see any lawsuits happening, but definitely I hope that there's apologies because I, I feel that apologies are necessary. They're not always everything as far as like you can't just you know really invade somebody and say i'm sorry you know you have to have justice but maybe smaller things could be apologized away and even the bigger things i think an apology because when you actually hear it and if it's really sincere from the person to me that makes it a whole lot better of course not all perpetrators are going to um, apologize. And some are mentally insane. I mean, I mean, some, some truly don't know what they're doing. You know, when you get into the line of mental health and whatnot, I'm sure Weinstein knew what he was doing, but I mean, you know, there are some people that are truly mentally disabled and they have raped and they don't really know what they're doing. So, you know, life is very complicated, but for those who, know what they're doing. They're not in a mental institution. Live by the golden rule. Refrain from manipulating anyone, you know, not getting them drunk, not telling them to come some, go somewhere so that, you know, you could try to have your way with them. Just be upfront and that's it. And, you know, if you like somebody, if the person likes you like that romantically or whatnot, fine. If they don't, then, you know, that's it. That's it. You can't badger them, but mostly the manipulation aspect is the worst and it has to stay out of jobs because jobs, yeah, jobs are fun, but jobs are also there to pay the bills. That's why it's called a job. (laughs) (laughs) And you shouldn't have to be doing, you know, submitting yourself for immoral acts just so that you could feed yourself. It's just wrong. Uh, And even in the, you know, in the Bible, you know, whether you're religious or not, like, you're not supposed to do that. Like you, yeah, just, just try to live your life as morally as possible and just try to do good in your life. And hopefully you'll get a nice love relationship. And, you know, some people don't want to be monogamous and, you know, if you don't want to be monogamous, okay, but don't manipulate other people into your, you know, whatever scheme you might have, you know, date around or whatever, but don't, yeah, this Weinstein thing is very serious and it's always been serious. It's just, it's coming out now. Thank God. Or in your case, thank goodness. Uh (laughs) Chandler. Thank thank the unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) thank the unicorn hey i'm looking forward to i was a background actor in um a movie called the unicorn store i don't know when that's going to come out but i'm i'm excited about that and then there was another one called um oh god mascots and they were wearing like well i can't give details but you know it's about mascots <laughs> it's like i'm looking forward to these movies i i hope they're good because i i i'm only in you know one scene so i only know so much and even if i knew more i can't tell you all I'm right sworn to secrecy <laughs> yeah well uh i think we said everything we needed to say for this episode didn't we 
Yes, I said everything that I had to and much more. So thank you, Chandler, for letting me share my stories and um, true stories, that is. Uh, Thank you, audience, for listening. And I do hope that on some of the things that there's justice to be done for my trees because I believe she was raped and murdered. You know, I got, I got away. Um, I w- I was spared, you know, I got a $500 ticket, but she got her life and probably her dignity. Um, so, so thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that I could like actually just put it out there. It feels much better than hiding it. I'll tell you that much. But just know if anybody tries to come after me for exposing truths and whatnot or, you know, the, the, the things that I've heard, just know that I have friends behind me. So don't go trying to come after me physically or whatnot. That would be very bad. Right, Chandler? Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Get your uh, get your rubber knife ready. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> rubber knife. It's like, you know, I'm, I don't. Because I'm not violent in rubber. It's like, you know, Halloween and theatricals. You know, it's like, you know, you're just like kind of pretending, but it doesn't hurt because it's rubber. The knife. You've seen those, right? No. <laughs> You've never seen a knife, like a costume type of knife? Never? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, good for you. Yes, they, they sell them in Halloween shops and party shops. So. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's another, yeah, that's another topic that we could talk about sometime is the whole Halloween thing, but I guess we'll have to call it a night for now. So thank you. Oh, if you put that, wait a minute, Chandler, if you want to put that out, then we're going to have to have like a special call because Halloween is October the 31st. So if you have anything to say about that, which I do too, I don't like all the violent costumes. I like the cute ones like Tinkerbell. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I have a I have a unicorn costume. <laughs> I've seen it online. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that. Yeah, we we may manage to do it. Uh, we may do a special Halloween episode, maybe a short one where we just talk about that, perhaps. Um, so anyway, um, thank you to all our listeners for listening to Celibate Vegan, Vegan Voices. Uh, also known as the Celibate Vegan Compadres. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And as you're getting your trick-and-treating, whatever you're giving the kids, remember, make it vegan. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>